0: Welcome to Rams Up, a Los Angeles Rams podcast. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We cover other SoCal sports news of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. back Ram fans to Season 2, Episode 19 of Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. The meat of this episode is going to be a discussion with Paul Walia, Tom Quartz, and myself. We are going to go over the over-under win totals of every NFL team, and we're going to tell you how we feel about those numbers, which teams... Should you go over the total on, and which ones should you go under, and which ones should you perhaps not touch at all? So that's coming up about an hour long, and you can also find that episode on our YouTube channel, that segment of this episode on our YouTube channel. Before we get to that, some random notes regarding the Rams in the NFL. The Rams' preseason schedule nailed down at the Chargers, August 13th, 7 p.m. That's a Saturday. Versus the Texans at home, August 19th, 7 p.m., that's a Friday. And then at the Bengals, August 27th at 3 p.m., that's a Saturday. And that will be preceded by training with the Bengals in Cincinnati. And did you see the Javon Kinlaw versus Grant Cohn debacle? Cohn, a writer for Sports Illustrated that covers the 49ers, has been a little aggressive in his coverage, specifically regarding Javon Kinlaw and his injuries that got really nasty. Not a good look for the 49ers, an even worse look for Grant Cohn. Really ugly discussions on video for everybody to see. Pretty embarrassing for both sides, in my opinion. I will say, as someone who has done some sports writing, it's very difficult at times to write critically about players. Sometimes you just have to do it. It's your job. I think Grant Cohn crossed the line, though. I'm going to introduce a pet peeve here, real quick one, real short, not worthy of an entire segment. But this was brought to my attention by my special assistant while watching the NBA playoffs. So this is how it works. On the fifth foul of a quarter, the other team is in the bonus, meaning they get two shots. This is different than how it works in college basketball, where they have the bonus followed by the double bonus. Fifth foul, the other team goes in the bonus for each quarter. The problem is the networks that cover the NBA don't put that bonus icon up until that fifth foul has actually occurred. And what my special assistant argues is that icon should go up after the fourth foul because that informs the fan that on the next foul, they will be in the bonus. It's really kind of pointless not adding that icon until the fifth foul has actually occurred. If there's four fouls on the board, you're technically really in the bonus on the next foul, right? So message to the networks covering the NBA, put that icon up on the fourth foul, would you please? Just for clarity, the fans would really appreciate it. Before we get to our over-under segment, I wanted to mention that we are also still planning to have our Dodger segment. That could be in the next week or two. And we are going to have another fun segment. What it means to be a Ram fan. We're going to talk about the history of the Rams. What are our great memories. And what separates Ram fans from the fans of other franchises. Should be a lot of fun. We started talking about this after our over-under discussion. And before you know it, we were about half an hour in. We had stopped recording and we said, you know what? We need to do an episode on this. And that's what we're going to do. So coming up in a minute, though, our over-under discussion. And remember, you can find that on our YouTube channel as well. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payroll. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, what we are doing today we are going to discuss the over and under for every nfl team and paul tom and i are going to give you our view of where we would go over and under on each of these or maybe just leave it alone maybe the over and under is spot on um tom one of our regular ha- regular guess how you doing tom Haven't hey spoken great in a while. great to
1: be back with you you both yeah it's fun to Finally, start talking about the league, looking at these schedules, these matchups, getting a handle on where we think these teams are gonna are gonna end up. So, looking How's forward your, to uh, it.
0: How was your table tennis lessons going? <laughs>
1: They're great. Yeah, excellent.
0: And Paul, glad to have you back. You're out there vacationing somewhere in Long Island.
2: Yes, we're out east. We're kicking off um, Memorial Weekend. That's when the beach is officially open out here. Uh, really excited to uh, spend time with my favorite guys out west. Well, we're moving away a little bit from the ramblings. Now we're talking about the whole league, so I'm going to have to bite the bullet and talk about other teams. But that's okay.
0: Okay, let's get this started. Uh, I put together a little slideshow to help us, to guide us through this. First up is the AFC North. Now what you're going to see on each of these slides is the over and under uh, for each team. And on the left is basically is a snapshot of where they finished last year. And Tom put this together for me, actually. Uh, the three teams that, the three unique teams that each of these AFC North teams will be playing. So as you can see, Cincinnati was first last year. Baltimore in last place, so they get the last place schedule. So keep that in mind when you look at these. Now on the Browns, uh, the site my special assistant pulled this from, he's he's a bit of a gambler. He's actually in Vegas right now. Uh, According to his site, there's no line on the Browns because of the Deshaun Watson situation, so there won't be much to say about that. So keep in mind Ravens last place schedule, Bengals first place schedule, and and there are the over unders for you. Uh, what do you have to say about the AFC North, Tom?
1: Yeah, so going to the AFC North, um, I think that the uh, I think that the yeah the Cleveland line is obviously off. And so, um, I li- I think Pittsburgh is an under. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, I think there' are a lot of what they're getting is reputational. Uh, not sold on the quarterback situation. I don't think they are either, quite frankly. Uh, plus, it's a obviously a very tough uh, conference, but it's also a very tough division. Um, especially, uh, you know, Cleveland's going to be tough regardless, uh, even if Watson gets suspended for say half the season or something like that. And Baltimore and Cincinnati. Are uh, are a couple of the top teams, you know, top you know six seven teams in that in that conference overall. So I like uh, Pittsburgh under. I like um, Baltimore and Cincinnati both over, both to make the playoffs.
0: I, I, before you go, Paul, I left out one detail at the bottom uh, right there. You see the divisionals, the divisions that this division will be playing, and I tried to rate them. Uh, so in other words. The AFC East, we can consider the fourth-best division. The NFC South, the fifth-best decision. And uh, if you know your divisions, kind of gives you an idea who they will be playing as well. Uh, So go ahead, Paul. What do you have to say about the AFC North?
2: Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Tom and I are on the same page on this one. So um, I definitely have the Ravens. I think the Ravens line, I think, is right spot on. I think Baltimore and Cincy finished with the exact same record. I think they're both going to hit 10 wins. Um, uh, Pittsburgh is sort of hard to bet against, right? Because Mike Tomlin never has a losing season, right? And even last year, he somehow managed to come away. What was it? I think 12 wins last year. So um, I got to say the Steelers, I do think, are going to go back to their roots. I think it's going to be smash mouth and defense. Uh, They're going to play around Trubisky and the other quarterback situation with Pickett. Um, But I think in the end, it's going to be come down to the Ravens and the Bengals. I'm going to go with, uh, I think, the Ravens are a push and the Bengals, I'm going to go over.
0: Yeah, it's really weird seeing the Ravens at the bottom of the standings there. Uh, and yet they have the highest uh, over under number. And I kind of, the Steelers, I'm kind of torn on. I, I agree. I just can't see them winning only seven games, but they are going through some changes. The new quarterback. Um, I think the Ravens are probably spot on. I'd probably go slightly over on the Bengals as well as the Steelers. But really tough division to predict. Um, But I, I would really be surprised if the Ravens didn't end up winning that division. But we'll have that discussion another time. Later on in the summer, we'll go through our predictions for divisional champs and playoffs and all that. Okay, let's move on to the end. And as we go through this, remember at the end, uh, we are each going to make one over and one under pick. So do what you can to not give that away until the end. Uh, But let's move on to the AFC East. got the Bills at 12 wins, Patriots-Dolphins 8.5, Jets 6. The Jets and the Dolphins have really made some moves to improve themselves. Bills added Von Miller, of course. Uh, they're playing the afc north and the nfc north and you see who has the first and last place schedules over there on the left go ahead tom what do you say
1: yeah so uh yeah interesting division very um uh, very competitive the jets made a lot of moves in the off season. uh talking to many many jets fans uh, on twitter spaces uh, they're very optimistic and think that this is their year to make their move uh, i like what Saul is doing there but I still think this is a rebuilding year. And uh, unfortunately, given that schedule, um, I'm going to have to take the under uh, on the Jets. And it doesn't mean that um, Zach Wilson won't prove that he can be the quarterback. I just don't think they have enough. If you go through their schedule game by game, it's actually a pretty tough schedule. So I'm going to go under on the Jets. Um, definitely going under on New England. I think that that is a, uh, a team in, in sort of a neutral, if not in slight decline. Um, not sold on uh, on that win total at all. And um, on the other hand, I think Buffalo is going to go over despite the size of that total. You Look at their schedule and the strength of that team. And I think that after last season, they're going to have the uh, pedal to the metal. And um, in every game, they're very motivated. Uh, and I think Miami's about a, a pretty good number where it is. Uh, I think two is going to play well. He's going to prove himself to be their future. Uh, but, at the same time, it's a tough division and certainly a tough conference. And I still have Miami in that, uh, you know, 9-10 win range and um, uh, potentially not making the playoffs. How
0: about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, so this is just like the last division we spoke about, which I think uh, the last division we spoke about was probably the most even of all the divisions we're going to review. I think the Patriots and Dolphins are neck and neck when I was looking at them from all the different angles. Patriots, apart from Devontae Parker, pretty much uh, stood pat. They did have some free agents uh, losses. Um, I think that number that's there is pretty much on board. I think they're going to be eight, nine wins. So I think that's rock solid. So I'm going to say that's a push. Dolphins, I have overtaking them this year. I think they have done enough. I think even though it's a first-year head coach, I think they have enough to make that uh, push towards – second place in the division and I have the bills going over and to the jet faithful. And I'm a New Yorker. All right. I know it's a tough division. I know. And does not mean that they're not going in the right direction. They had a heck of a draft and Saleh is definitely the coach. I just think it's too much right now. I think they're a really young and up and coming team. I'm going to have to go on the under for the jets.
0: Yeah. uh, From my perspective, the bills, that 12 win total, it's really difficult for me to take any team over 12. So I'd probably pass on that. I very likely will end up winning 12 or 13 games, but I'm not betting on it. The only one that's attractive to me here is the Dolphins. I take the over on them. Patriots, it's probably about spot on. Uh, the Jets, I think they very well could win seven or eight games, but the one I really like is the Dolphins. I see them very easily winning 10 games. But... Uh, Nothing really jumps out at me as a really attractive bet, in my opinion. Move on to the AFC South. We have the Colts with Matt Ryan taking snaps at 10 wins. Titans, Jags, and Texans. It's really kind of a still pretty weak division. Uh, You see the first place and first, second, third, and fourth place schedules on the left. They get the AFC West, so keep that in mind but they also get the NFC East, so they get what what most would say is the most difficult and uh, also the weakest divisions on their schedule. I'll let you go first again, Tom.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee are neck and neck in this division, as I'm sure most m- many people do, uh, and that's going to be a real dogfight. I think those teams are very even, uh, and uh, Indy took a step forward with bringing in um, uh, a quarterback they have confidence in and Matt Ryan and letting Wentz go and getting a good trade value for him and Tennessee is sort of held pat, in my opinion. Um, And so that's going to be a. I I would take both of those at uh, sort of where they are, maybe slightly over um, especially Tennessee, but uh, in general, I think those two teams are, are about right. Um, I think on the other hand, Jacksonville and Houston, Ah, uh, despite their low numbers, are both unders. These are, are two teams that are in um, two teams that are in rebuild mode. I think one knows it and one doesn't. <laughs> I'm not sure Jacksonville has acknowledged that. Uh, they did add some good pieces, but again, going through the schedule, it, it becomes apparent that these neither of these teams uh, are going to go over those totals, in my opinion.
0: Okay, Paul. How do you see this AFC South?
2: Well, I'll always start with the positive. So I'm going to go with the Colts. I think the Colts are over. I think they're going to win 11. I think they've done enough in the offseason. They've had a very, I cannot believe people are still underrating this defense. With Gus Bradley and Darius Leonard, I think they are a better team than the Titans as of right now. I think uh, right is a great coach. Uh, Frank Reich is a great coach. I like the additions of Matty Ryan. I think he's going to make a difference uh, on the offense uh, with uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's an absolute beast, subtle move for you fantasy ballers out there, right? Alec Pierce, that addition at wide receiver, that draft pick's going to put some sizzle into the offense. So I think they will be at 11. I have Tennessee coming in at 10 wins. So they got a slight over there. Um, I think, they were very generous with the Texans. I think the Texans would be uh, really fortunate to walk away with uh, more than four wins. So I'm going to go with the under on the Texans, and I think the Jaguars. I think I'm going to go. Uh, I have him at six wins, so I'm going to go on the under with Jaguars as well.
0: Yeah, I really like the Colts as well. I think Matt Ryan's going to be a big difference maker there. That that team is so well rounded, so well coached, and they just need a stabilizing, talented quarterback, and that's what they get, Matt Ryan. So I'm going over. I think they're going to win this division, if not easily, pretty pretty outright. They will be the best team in this division. The Titans without A.J. Brown, uh, I don't know. They're another team that's really well coached. I think that they would probably be slightly over 9.5. The Jags, who knows? You know, What are we going to get with Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to make that next step? Uh, so I would not even touch that that team at all, and the Texans. Yeah, that's a really low number, but I would probably lean towards the under on that one as well. Let's look at the AFC West, the what I am listing as the number one division, supplanting the NFC West. And by the way, some have the NFC North as the second most difficult i'm sorry the afc north as the second most difficult division now i left the nfc west as number two uh we could quibble over that but just so you know nfc west i'm calling the second most difficult division still uh again i could be wrong on that but the afc west they uh they get the afc south a very weak division in the the nfc west uh no pushovers there either so, how, how do you see the AFC West, Tom, as far as the over and unders go?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I have the um, the Broncos at about the exactly the right number. Um, I have. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Raiders. I think that they are. Uh, they've done a lot. I'm a big fan of Derek Carr. What he did in a very tumultuous season, leading that team to the playoffs. Um, and, uh, and so I like their coaching staff changes. I like their off season and I like, I like everything about what they did. And I think that that's a real, um, a nice, uh, a nice over, uh, a lot of people think, oh, it's such a hard division and so forth. But again, take it schedule, take it game by game in the schedule. And, uh, if they do okay in that division, I think they can really eat up the rest of their schedule. So I like the over for, uh, for Las Vegas. I like the, I like Denver where they're at. I like Kansas city where they're at too. That's a good number ten and a half for Kansas city, but uh, a team that I really like is the uh, is the uh, chargers on the over. Um, I think uh, they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to dominate that division. I think uh, I'm a big believer in Staley and especially in the second year, he was able to go get those pieces that he needed to run that, that too high shell like box defense that was number one for the Rams, as we remember a um, uh, year before last. So, uh, yeah, I really like the Chargers on the over.
0: Your turn, Tom. Your turn, Paul. How do you feel about the AFC West?
2: So, this is Tom's favorite division. He and I have spoken about this. He secretly is an AFC West fan, <laughs> and rightfully so. This is a dynamic division. This is going to be exciting all the way around. This is also a tough division to forecast because Tom and I were talking about that. Well, somebody's got to win, but somebody's got to lose. And when, when you have so many teams that are so like close together, it's like, you know, which way do you go? So to start off right off the top, I think the Chiefs are an over. I think that schedule is lined up for the Chiefs to take this division. Um, I think the AFC West, the way you look at it, these, te- these four teams are just going to beat up on each other, and that's what's going to happen. You're going to have two teams or three teams rise to the top, and one team is just going to fall right out of it. So I think the team that's going to fall out of it is going to be the Raiders. I think they're going to drop off. I don't think they have enough on defense. When you look at the teams closely, of all the defenses on the board, they're the ones that come up short, even with uh, the signing of Chandler Jones. So I'm just really not sold on their defense. Um, So that was the one area that I had to drop them. The Broncos, I think the Broncos and the Chargers are going to finish with identical records. I think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker. I love – what the Broncos and Chargers have done in the offseason. I can tell you that it is exciting to watch all these other teams You know that have, you know, have struggled in the past now anteing up and now going all in. I, you saw it last year with Staley and all the risks that he took going on fourth down. They just blasted him uh, in the media. But I think what he was trying to send is he was trying to send a message that the Chargers are for real and he's not going to be this defensive-oriented conservative coach. So I like what the Chargers are. I think that number is, you know, I think it's accurate. I Same thing for the Broncos. I would have to do a slight over on the Broncos. But uh, I think the difference maker for the Broncos will be, in the end, will be Russell Wilson. I think when you have a veteran quarterback, the only difference between these teams is Mahomes and Wilson. Think about that. Nothing against um, my buddy up in the Sandy, uh, Los Angeles now, right? Justin Herbert, the, the kid is an absolute baller, but I think they've been there before, and when when it becomes that close, you got to defer to the guys who've done it before, and I think that's going to be the difference between the two. I think the Chiefs and the Broncos, you know, you might have three teams come out of this division, like we saw last year. It's very possible. This is a quality division. Now.
0: Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on the uh, three teams coming out, out of this division, but I also see there's a potential for them just destroying each other and yeah. only one team coming out, you know, because, you know, all four win 10 games, you know, that's possible. You know, they're, they're, all four of them are formidable. Uh, the one thing um, that separates the Raiders in, in a negative fashion, as far as I'm concerned, is Derek Carr. Uh, I know he's very talented, but I think he's lacking that it factor, that that ability to lead a team in crunch time. But that's just my opinion. Um, man, this division is so hard to predict. But I would take the over on the Raiders because I think that eight and, eight and a half is too low. The other three, I don't know. that I'd probably take the over on all of them, but maybe 11 wins. Uh, Broncos may be spot on with 10. This is a division, if I'm betting, I'm probably just walking away from this division. I'm not touching it at all. It's just uh but man it's it's this division right now is probably as tougher tougher than the nfc was at its best a few years ago this um, is a great just...
2: division for ram fans because you have staley up in l a with the chargers and now you have uh coach Iberos over in uh in denver he's the defensive coordinator our secondary coach so' there's a lot of uh you know ram ramelia in this mix here so, so. yeah.
0: And the Rams play all four of these, uh, and they get the Chargers on New Year's Day. Okay, getting into the NFC now, the NFC North. Green Bay, once again, the number one uh, defending champion of this division. So they get the first place record, and Detroit down there at the bottom. Uh, Their opponents, they actually, this division has, uh, draws two of the weaker divisions, the AFC South and the NFC East. So that's going to be a factor here. A lot of W's, a lot of potential W's for all four of these teams on their schedule. How are you going with the NFC North, Tom?
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the Packers number where it's at. I think they're going to drop off a little bit, uh, from where they were, um, uh, last year, but, uh, I think they're still the, definitely the strength of the division. Um, i like, uh, uh, Detroit's number, where it is, I think they're going to, uh, uh, you know, win right in that range, maybe a couple of games over. We'll see, but uh, I would definitely wouldn't take the over on Detroit, and and if anything, I'm, I mean, sorry, the under on Detroit, but if anything, the over. Um, the two teams that I think are off in this division are Chicago. I think that's a big time under. I think that's the worst team in the league, and uh, I don't think there's many people who just dis- would disagree. And um, I'm very surprised at that number. Uh, and the on the other hand, Minnesota, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Paul knows that. And I think they're going to go. Uh, that's a great overlook as well.
0: How about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, this is a, this is definitely a two-team race, there's no question. Packers and the Vikings. And we know, once again, some more of the Ramley. We got O'Connell over at uh, Minnesota. I think he's going to do a great job. I think he's the perfect fit for that team. I think they're going to ride it out with Kirk Cousins this year, but he will be productive. I like that number for the Vikings, but I'm going to go the over with the Packers because if you look at their schedule, there is somebody up at central office who loves the Packers because that schedule is lined up nicely for them. I think I'm going to take the over on the Packers. I think they're going to win. Uh, that division outright i think the vikings are going to i'm going to take the over on the vikings as well i think they're going to hit double digits i think they're going to hit 10 i think they're going to be the wild card out of that division the bears i am astonished they're at six and a half honestly i am going to take a very very strong under on that one i think the lines i think that's a really good number so i'm going to push at that number I think Campbell is the right coach for that job. He did a great job last year. He got that team playing well. Um, But I think the Vikings are going to surprise a lot of people this year.
0: Yeah, I think we're all pretty much lined up with this. I see the Packers, uh, you know, they're going to find a way to win 12 games or so, uh, probably 12 or 13. And I like the Vikings as well. I would definitely take the over on that. Bears under they did really nothing to improve themselves from what I have seen, and the Lions. Yeah, I like the Lions. You look at their schedule; uh, they're going to have a lot of games on their schedule where they could really pull off wins. Um, and they're a team that sometimes these numbers are set a little bit lower because um, you know they're trying to draw some action on these teams, perhaps. Uh, but Lions, I could easily see winning eight games. Uh, I, I, like the lions a lot on the over and, uh, going off on a tangent here, this is another, I, I had a pet peeve about this recently. Um, I don't know if it was really a pet peeve, more of a rant, but, uh, this schedule, uh, and these opponents that the Packers have, uh, another reason why they're probably the favorite to have the number one seat once again, um, Things always line up for them when it comes to the playoff seating. Uh, NFC Championships probably going to go through Lambeau, I'm afraid to say. NFC East, this is a really strange division, in my opinion. Cowboys are always going to get more love than they deserve. The over-under is 10.5 there. Eagles, nine. Commanders, eight. Giants, seven. Their opponents are kind of middle of the pack. AFC East nfc north and you see the uh unique opponents on the left there uh go ahead tom take your shot at this division
1: yeah this is a uh a special for me because i love philadelphia this year um i think they did uh everything they needed to do to uh get jalen hurt's help in the offseason and i think that they're going to win this division going away i think dallas is in uh, a little bit while they have a, as usual have a A good roster on paper, they have front office problems, and I think they're really going to come to a head this year. Um, We saw it sort of at the end of last year after that playoff uh, uh, loss, and I think they're going to have some culture issues there, and uh, Jerry's going to have to tear it down to some degree. So I like Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia in this division um, on the over, uh, and I think Dallas is about the right number. Uh, I still think they sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. Um, And Washington's probably about the right number. I think they could go under a little bit, but I think Carson Wentz will be good enough and he'll make his usual flubs, but uh, he'll be, he'll be good enough. And that's a a very good roster, great receiving core and um, to throw to, and and we know Carson Wentz can sling it. So uh, on the other hand, the Giants, I believe are one of the worst teams in the league along with the Bears And um, I love the under on the Giants at seven. Love it.
0: Okay, Paul, how do you feel? You in line with Tom, or you got a differing opinion on some of these?
2: So, Tom and I both love the Eagles. They are going to soar high this year. Uh, Shout outs to Coach Siriati. He's done a great job. He's uh, built, put together a steady ship, and it's headed in the right direction. Take a look at the firepower they have now. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and the most underrated tight end in the league, Dallas Goddard. I think you know they're going to put up some serious points. I think Jalen Hurts uh, takes that step forward. Um, he's just a talented quarterback. I am actually taking the over on the Eagles, and I think this is going to be the slam dunk bet. Not that we endorse betting. The slam dunk over... For all of the teams, I think it's the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win this division by a game and a half, two games easy. Uh, I think the Cowboys are vastly overrated. I think their schedule is going to help them a lot in terms of uh, having a pretty decent record. Uh, I would take the under on the Cowboys. Um, But I I think they're going to fade towards the end. Um, The commanders are a tough read. I love their roster. I love – they got Del Del Rio there uh, as a DC. Always been one of my favorite DCs. I like what they have on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, definitely approved. Um, I'm going to go Giants hard under for sure. Definitely a hard under on the Giants, but I'm also going to go a slight under on the Commanders. I think I think they come up with seven wins. I think they're going to come up with seven wins because I think Carson Wentz. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to finish the season um he's a i just don't think i think he's pretty much done i think he's you know at this point uh a game manager he's a, he's a great player unfortunately injuries has robbed him of a lot of uh abilities and potential to, uh that he had previously so i'm going to go slight under with the commanders but a hard under with the giants and the eagles fly high
0: yeah i think we're uh, all of us are in pretty good agreement on this division i have the eagles winning the division so I'm over on them. I'm under on the Cowboys. It, there's something. that, Well, we all know how the Cowboys, how popular they are, and I think that drives their number up. It drives their, you know, their lines in it in a certain direction during the season. But I think they're definitely under ten and
2: a half. The it commanders not been a repeat winner in the NFC East since two thousand and four.
0: Well, there you go. That's yeah. just
2: an incredible stat.
0: Yeah. And be honest with you, Commanders, I got nothing to say about them. I would not touch that. Uh, I think they're just a solid team, but it could go in either direction. Uh, the Giants, I think that number's about right. I, I, I like their coach. I like their draft. Maybe they make some headway this year and find their ways to 7-8 wins. So uh, I think that's pretty spot on. But the two numbers that really draw my attention here are Eagles over and Cowboys under for sure. And uh, the NFC South, uh, the Bucks, solid team up and down the roster, that's for sure. And the Saints, they don't forget about the Saints. I mean, I- I'm not thrilled with their quarterback situation, but they still have an outstanding roster. And then the Panthers and Falcons. And the- this division draws two tough divisions. The two divisions, I said, were kind of a coin toss. Which one is tougher, the AFC North and the NFC West? Uh, so they draw some tough uh, opponents across the other divisions. Uh, by the way, before you go, Tom, how, how, w- you guys, how do you feel about the NFC West versus the AFC North? Do I have them ranked right or do I have them backwards?
1: Oh, the in terms of the rankings of your divisions?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the wild card is, the wild cards are, on the one hand, the AFC North has Cleveland and the NFC West has seattle and arizona we really don't know which direction well we know which direction seattle's going but uh i mean are you guys okay with that ranking or is it is it a, a point of contention or
1: yeah i think the NFC west i think that's too high uh in terms of their um we're ranking um we're going to get to that division next but uh and i'm also i, I also think the afc north is as i mentioned before one of the better divisions but um you know
2: Okay, I, uh, I, I think, think after,
1: out. no, I appreciate it. after the, uh, after the AFC West, I think it's, um, it's, a uh, you know, there's some divisions that are clearly weak, uh, like the, uh, you know, well, I think we're about to talk about, uh, this one right here, the NFC South, right. but, um, but I think there's a lot of divisions that are roughly the same in the middle. I think it's pretty hard to d- differentiate yeah. these divisions.
0: Okay. So how do you see the NFC South here?
1: Yeah. Well, the NFC South, uh, I see, uh, I see Tampa, Way, Tampa Bay uh, winning this run, going away. I'm not uh, a fan of the other three teams at all. I have Tampa Bay on the over for that reason. Uh, I think they're going to be motivated. I think Brady plays very well coming off of a of a losing season. Plays well all the time, obviously, but he's going to be very motivated. I think this could truly be his last year, and and you know there'd be nothing better than to go out on top. Um, I like the coaching change they made. I think that'll make a big difference. I think that really hurt them last year. with uh, that, that chemistry issue at the end with Brady and Arians, um, that, you know, tried to get smoothed over, but it was pretty apparent what, what, what ultimately happened there with Arians getting forced upstairs, um, and Bulls taking over. So, um, I like Tampa Bay on the over, and I like all three, uh, of the other teams on the under, I'm uh, I think most people aren't a believer in Carolina and Atlanta. I think both of those teams are, are both of those lines uh, six and five are way too high. Love the unders there. And I think the team that is the, uh, you know, has the most discussion about whether they're going to be in it or not in it, how good they are. They're bad. They're good as new Orleans in the entire league. I think there's a, the most, uh, you know, di- biggest difference in opinion about that particular team. I happen to be, on the, uh, they're not going to be good side. I I don't think they're going to have a good season. I don't believe in Winston. Um, I don't believe in the coaching change. Uh, I just think that that's a, uh, a vastly overrated team,
2: and I like the
0: under there. How about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, so I agree. I think the New Orleans Saints are the hardest read in the league. I really do. Uh, but I'm going to start with the Bucks once again. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the over on the Bucks. Their schedule is like gift-wrapped with a bow on top for them to take the division. So uh, I'm going to take the over on the Bucs. Uh, I know they have Todd Bowles, uh, but he's done it before. Uh, I don't think he's technically uh, a rookie coach. So um, I think they're all set from uh, their perspective. New Orleans is a tough read, and I agree. I'm not a big James Winston fan, but I do like when you look at their roster; it's rock solid top to bottom. You know, so you got Kamara, you got Ingram, thing uh, players like that. They added Jarvis Landry, um, so Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, are Sean Payton holdovers. So I think they're going to carry over a lot of uh, systemically and uh, from a schematic standpoint of what was done previously. I think they're going to surprise people if. For example, if San Francisco stumbles, this is the team that's going to steal the spot into the playoffs, that last spot. So, um, this is a team you got to watch out for. If they can keep Winston's mind right, so he doesn't throw ten interceptions in a game, if they can keep him playing within that system, I think this is a team that could be dangerous. Uh, I'm gonna, I have them at nine wins. So I have them at nine wins. The the Falcons, I have uh, under, and the Panthers, I have under. I think that was very charitable for both teams, unfortunately. I feel sorry for that fan base. It's going to be a tough year, but there's always next year to look forward to in terms of traffic, et cetera.
0: Yeah, um, Falcons and Panthers, I'm in agreement. They're going to be under. Uh, the Bucs, I think, will definitely be over. Uh, not, only, not only do they – well, keep in mind they get to play each of these teams twice. Uh the thing that kind of tears me uh, in two different directions is the divisions they play. I, I really think the Saints are, you know, when you disregard the schedule, you go, oh, you know, they're a 10-11 win team. And then you consider the fact that, you know, they're playing Minnesota and Philadelphia, two teams we really like. The the Raiders, a team that is, has improved vastly. And then they're playing the Rams and the 49ers the Bengals, and the Ravens, and the Steelers. And you're like, wow, well, maybe. So I think that number is pretty spot on. Uh, the schedule does not do them any favors this year, uh, and that's going to hold them back a little bit. But Bucks over, Saints about right. The other two, uh, I'm going under on those. Let's move on to our favorite division, the NFC West uh these, these teams get the uh, AFC West and the NFC South. So uh, they get the toughest division and then they have the NFC South, which is a, a mixed bag there. Uh, Rams have the first place ca- schedule and the 49ers, I think this is significant. they get the third place schedule. Um, so how do you feel about this one, Tom?
1: Yeah, obviously this is the conference. I'm sorry, the division that we uh, spend the most time uh, looking at and and studying and analyzing and talking about. Um, so I, I do think that this is of all of the uh, uh, non-common opponents that this one has the most disparity because I do think that it's going to be the Rams and the Niners, assuming Trey Lance plays as the Niners fans like to say, just you know at least as good as Jimmy was, um, sort of a middle of the pack. Quarterback, um, it, they have a stacked. Uh, they definitely have a stacked um, roster, and I really like them. And the Rams fighting this thing out. I think Arizona is going to fall off. I know. Again, I'm a big chemistry guy uh, in terms of how things go with these teams. Um, you know, talk to you know guys like Damian Woody or are, are uh, nice enough to come on some of these Twitter spaces and talk about this stuff. And every player to a person says that that uh, chemistry stuff is, is critical. And the, and the quarterback uh, in his attitude is an an integral part of success. And so, uh, I mean, we saw that with Wentz and, um, and so forth. I mean, he didn't have the worst year last year, but apparently it was that locker room stuff. So uh, anyway, I, so I think Kyler Murray is going to drag that team down. So it comes down to the Rams and the Niners and um, you know, the disparity in those, um, like I said, those non-common opponents, uh, is stark, right? We have the Rams with Dallas, Green Bay, and Buffalo, and we have San Francisco with Washington, Chicago, and Miami. Three pretty big differences. I mean, you could almost say we're you know we're spot. The Rams are spotting you know at least a game or two going into the divisional uh, common opponents and um, and playing each other. So uh, it's going to be a fight to the end. Um, I could see either team. Uh, one team is going to win it. One team's going to uh, uh, be the wild card, almost certainly. Um, but I will take the, uh, the Rams a- on the over and San Francisco um, uh, just about right, maybe slightly over. But I think they're both sort of at the 11-12 win, uh, you know, win range. Um, it's tough to maybe my fandom is coming into play when I look at the Rams a little bit um, as I go through the schedule. But I have them slightly eking out the, the, the win in San Francisco right behind them. Um, Arizona and Seattle, on the other hand, are both unders. I think, as I said, mentioned Arizona is going to fold. Uh, they don't have Hopkins for the first six games, and the Rams catch them during that time. The Niners don't. That could be a potential difference. And the Seahawks are uh, again, I, th- I think, a team in denial. They're definitely in rebuild mode, and they don't think so, which is a a bad combination. How
0: about you, Paul?
2: Yeah. So you know, when you look at this uh, setup particularly the Rams' schedule, it's absolutely brutal. But the one advantage that they do have, they got four games within the division, uh, obviously Seattle and uh, Arizona, with Arizona and Seattle really probably in flux more so than any time in past history. So I think that's a real advantage. The key to the Rams' season is the first six games of the season. If you look at the first six games of the season, they have Atlanta, Arizona, Carolina, Buffalo, Dallas, and San Francisco. If they can walk away from that six-game sequence with four or five wins, I think they're sitting pretty. And you counterbalance it with the rest of the season, right, if they play slightly over 500 football, you're looking at 11, 12 wins. So I, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility for the Rams. I like I like what they've done so far. I, think, I don't think they're done. So I'm going to take the over on the Rams. I think the 49ers are spot on. I, for the life of me, cannot understand how they are crashing on Trey Lance. He hasn't even played yet. Give the kid a chance. The kid is dynamic. But I will tell you this. Quarterback controversy is the kiss of death in the NFL. And that is a fact. If Garoppolo is on this roster, I'm taking the under. If Garoppolo's on this roster day one, I am taking the under. That is a locker room divided, cannot win in the NFL. And that has been proven over decades. And they are, and I I don't think Lynch is going to do that. I think he's smart enough to understand that. Having said that, um, the Cardinals, um, the Kyler Murray situation, that is just bad news all around. I'm taking the under. I think the Cardinals are vastly overrated. Um, I have seen, not going to shout anybody out, but I've seen people on TV, uh, sportscasters, picking the Cardinals to win the division which I think is absolutely shocking. Uh, I'm going to take a hard under on the Cardinals. Um, and the Seahawks, I think, are going to struggle this year. I think, obviously, they're rebuild mode. They had a great draft to the Seattle faithful. What a great draft. Look forward to the future. And um, I know I know what it's like, you know, we all do, to watch your team struggle in a season. But um, So to all the fans, faithful, for their teams that are struggling, when we're taking the under on these teams, I feel terrible when it's like a five-win season and you're picking the under. But um, I think the Seahawks' target is about five wins this year.
0: Yeah, last season I said the Rams' floor was 11 wins, and this year I think that's about where they're going to end up. I I have a hard time seeing them getting to 13 wins, 12 maybe, 11 or 12 the most likely outcome. So I'd go slightly over on that. 49ers, again, like you guys said, there's still some variables that we don't know about. Right now, if you're betting the over and or under on the 49ers, you're betting on how a couple of issues they have are going to be resolved. Uh, but I, I would see the Niners winning 10 or 11 games. Cardinals about spot on. I, I, if I had to make a bet, I would still maybe go slightly over. I, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole, though. I don't know what's going on with that team. It's it's really strange what's happened over the last year with Kyler Murray, and the Seahawks is the one team I'm going to disagree with both of you. I I don't think they're a very good team, but I think the culture they have there and the coaching they have, they're going to find a way to win six or seven games. Um, but we'll see we'll see how bad I look uh, in a few months, I guess. But that would be my pick in this division, the over on the Seahawks. I
1: just wanted to add one thing on uh, on the Niners and the big question mark being Trey Lance. Uh, just posted this yesterday. I couldn't believe I saw this, but it's interesting how many people are down on Trey Lance and what they're hearing and these leaks from the from camp and leaks from the team continue to dribble out. And if the first one, you're like, ah, I don't know. I think it was. Uh, um, uh, it was football. T- was it was a Chris Sims, I think was the first one to dribble it out. Um, but just recently, Ocho uh, from Fox said, I'll quote, I'm he gave a, He gave Trey Lance a two out of a 10 in his ratings. And he said, I'm being nice with this one from everything I've heard from people within the locker room and outside the locker room. He just ain't it. He just ain't got it. That's pretty. And that's a, an, you know, a national media guy going on the record uh with obviously unnamed sources but you got to believe he sourced that at least two or three times before he'd say that on the air and put that on the record so it's interesting because we all the eye test says lance looks good he's obviously raw he's had a year uh, uh you know in the system to learn under Garoppolo and and shanahan and for that stuff to be leaking out um to me is uh it's very interesting
2: and what's yeah. I think what's even more interesting is if you look at this, how many situations can we think of when you have an offensive-minded coach who went out and handpicked the quarterback that he wanted? He right, Shanahan went out and handpicked this kid, gave up a ton of draft capital. And how many times have you seen that play itself out? And still, there's blowback. I, I just don't get it. This everything is lining up nicely for this kid to do well. The coach wants him. The system is designed for him. And you know who this kid reminds me of? I mean, obviously, it's all college tape, but projecting forward. He reminds me of McNabb. He wears that five, and I see him run around. He reminds me of McNabb a little bit. But I don't know. I think this kid deserves a chance. I 100% am. Like, I don't think I'm the only one to say this, but is that I think he is definitely the right call over Garoppolo. 100%. Oh, yeah
0: so it's uh we just don't know um tom you seem to be insinuating that um there there are there must be some real concerns and maybe he isn't the right guy yeah um, i mean
1: this is you know everything coming out of that uh camp that's leaking out is um you know you hear the people inside saying oh you know he's our guy uh, love him he's our leader etc And and by all the eye test says he's got it, you know, he's got the arm. He's clearly intelligent. He's first one there, last one to leave. He's doing all the right things. um, And he's got the right coach. He sat for a year. I mean, everything is lining up for this guy. And for these, for these kinds of negative assessments to be attributed to the team sources and they continue to leak out is to me, very surprising
0: yeah, I, I did see something, uh, I, it might have been on Twitter, uh, about how he asked for the phone number of every 49er draft pick and reached out to him, and I was kind of like, you know, and they were making a really big deal about it. I was like, I mean, that's kind of nice, but it, it doesn't really uh, answer any questions for us as far as if he's going to be the next uh, successful 49er quarterback. but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I I guess, you know, you want these guys to do well, but at the same time, it is the 49ers. So any drama they have in in their clubhouse is okay with me.
2: Um, But it goes back to that other statement too about chemistry, and I think teams are learning the hard way that you cannot overlook chemistry. And I I think certain players um, bring with them that sort of that positive karma, that positive chemistry—they know how to be leaders in the locker room. They're dynamic. I mean, just take a look at Russell Wilson, how that you know just changed the outlook of the season just by arriving on scene for that entire franchise, right? And just little things like you're saying about reaching out to uh, to players, new draft picks, right? I think it makes a huge difference. I mean, they're just a team chemistry is something that gets overlooked, but I think it translates to the difference between a winning season. And a losing season. Just, yeah, and, and I
0: think and I think that's what the Rams have been so great at, especially with uh, you know, Sean McVeigh, the culture and that that the atmosphere you see on the playing field. You've seen the films of uh Raheem Morris uh running that defense and they just look like they're having so much fun. It's like the the opposite of, of the Patriot culture. You know, there's more than two ways to skin a cat. You can you can come to practice and have fun. And and uh, be yourself, as a lot of Ram players have said, and and just love coming to work, just love coming to practice and playing for your teammates and for your coaches, and, and that's what right now. You know the whole thing with Javon Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't imagine that happening with a Ram player. I, I just cannot even just cannot even imagine that whole scenario playing out like that with a Ram player an immediate personality, but that was a really strange situation. We have to, that's, that's another another drama point for the 49ers that they have to deal with. Really, really odd, but I, I can't say who's right or wrong in that whole scenario, but the uh, 49ers can't be happy. Um, okay, let's get to the end game here. Uh, I asked both of you to give some thought to – what are make one over and one under, and, and you can free will here if you have more than one over and one under that you would lay real money on. What would they be? I'll let you go first, Paul. Uh, what are your you're in Vegas? You're laying down your bets. Who you got <laughs> over and under?
2: Oh, my my over is easy. The Eagles. That's my over. I think that's that number's way too low. I think the Eagles are. I think the Eagles are hitting double digits. That's a lock. And my under, I'm going Cardinals. That's my under. I think the Cardinals are going to fall flat. I think it's it's actually a tie between the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Those two would be my unders, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Those those are sensible. I think you kind of hinted at that earlier. So, okay. Over on the Eagles, under on the Cardinals, and Tom – what are your two picks? And again, you can, you can lay a, an extra couple if you want.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, mine are pretty clear cut as well. I mean, there's some, there's some runners up, but, um, uh, I, uh, uh, Paul and I know we both are hot on Philadelphia, uh, to run away with that division, um, and that schedule and so forth. Um, I'm big on the, uh, my number one bet is Philadelphia on the over. And my number one under bet is Chicago on the under it's it's uh i cannot imagine either of those those two things going wrong but that's why those numbers are there and that's why we all have opinions at this time of the year but uh yeah philadelphia and chicago
2: okay I mean, well my under great, um feels right will never get a legit shot right
1: yeah it's just it's just they haven't done anything they've not only haven't done anything for him they're just in uh, you know had to shed all the you know the, the few pieces they had they didn't do didn't do themselves really any favors in the draft and um of all the quarterbacks that are in sort of prove it mode, you know you might put Wilson in there a lot of people put TuA in there, uh, you know Daniel Jones and some other quarterbacks that are sort of like in that prove it year um, you know Jalen hurts, uh it's just Fields is would be in that mode, but he just doesn't have any pieces. Nobody's gonna blame him if he if they crash and burn. It's not gonna be on him. And so Yeah, that's
0: what I was gonna say about Fields is the, yeah. the unfortunate part is um, the Bears really may not learn what they need to learn about him this year because he doesn't have the pieces. He's gonna be running around there, scrambling, trying to create <laughs> plays with his legs, but long term. Is he is he an NFL caliber quarterback? We may not know for another year.
1: I think he's so, gonna get hurt. And I think he's gonna get hurt and he's uh and then they're gonna sit him out because they don't want him to get hurt again. It's gonna be a Joe Burrow-esque kind of a year for him.
0: So my under, uh you guys are probably in line with this. I'm going under on the Cowboys. I think they're always overvalued. My overpick, uh, you guys are probably gonna be a little bit surprised, but I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I know you both, I think you both leaned over on the Lions a little bit. Uh, I I think they're going to win seven or eight games. Uh, it, it's kind of sad that, it, you know, we should be amazed that the Lions might win seven or eight games, but uh, I've always been a bigger fan of Jared Goff than most. Uh, I think if you protect him and you just let let him be a game manager, that guy can – zing the ball all over the field with incredible accuracy if he's protected. And they're starting to add some pieces. And uh, uh, they get the Bears twice, you know, so there's potentially two wins there. Uh, I like the Lions. That's my over. I was going to go Seattle, but uh, I I decided to go with the Lions as my over. Yeah. So um, any final thoughts? What, what I'd like to do, we kind of – Already hinted at how we're predicting these divisions to line up. But what I'd like to do is come back. It may not be for six weeks or so. And we'll make our divisional picks, wildcard picks, and go through the entire playoffs, uh, map it out, and see how each of us feel. Who's going to be in Arizona playing in the Super Bowl next February? Um, that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, you're both up for that. But any final thoughts on this discussion?
2: Rams and Bills will be in
0: the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was my pick last year and it, it was it was pretty close. It was pretty close. Uh, I have to share a conversation I had with you guys at a at a work meeting. Um I think it was sometime in the playoffs had not quite started and I made a comment in this meeting they were talking football and I said uh Rams Bengal Super Bowl. Uh and someone else on the line said uh give me 500 give me something that will not happen for $500 please and uh and I, I had to throw that back at him a couple months later because it ended up happening Rams Bengal Super Bowl who who was what's your pick Tom for the Super Bowl I imagine every Ram fan is going to be picking Rams Bills at this point
1: yeah I can't shy away from that um I think it's going to be Rams, Bills, uh, but there's so many good teams. I mean, I've been saying it, you know, in these spaces and what and so forth. That it's uh, it, it, the key is to, you, you know, they say you got to get there um, in order to have a chance, and the key is to have this a solid organization that uh, every year gets there and improves a little bit, improves a little bit, maybe takes some uh, shots like we did with Von Miller and OBJ midseason uh, to put us over the top, but. Uh, you know all the teams there there's maybe six, seven teams in the league that can say that. um anybody else would be somewhat somewhat of a long shot. So you know I it's a, a little bit of a cop out, but I think that there's you know six seven you know probably three or four teams in each conference that could make the case um pretty substantially. Uh, however, if I had to you put put my feet to the fire, I would go Ram's bills.
2: I think this season more than any other. Uh, Tell me if you guys agree. I think this season, more than that, is going to shine the light on two things. Number one, the importance of quality depth in your roster. Uh, We saw it last year with the Rams. If there was one more game, the Rams would not even have been able to feel the full team, right? So I think depth is going to be something. uh, And the reason I'm bringing that up, I think a lot of those over-unders, when people were reacting to them, I heard a lot of things like they had a great draft, they had this, they had that, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's like, well, look at the roster now. Look at the depth chart. Pull up that depth chart, right? And if you can go two or three deep at certain positions, that's what's going to carry you. This is a 17-game season-plus playoffs. Listen, you're looking at 20, 21 games if you make the Super Bowl, right? That is a very, very long season. So I think depth is going to stand out immensely. And I think the other aspect that's going to – is what we we always uh, talk about is team chemistry. The team chemistry after week 11, that's when it rears its ugly head. You will see teams fall apart. You will see teams start shooting themselves in the foot. You will see the infighting locker room. And the other thing, distractions, off field distractions. You know, to one thing that stood out for me with the Rams run, zero off field distractions. Everything that happened was positive. It just kept feeding that cycle. That cycle, it just kept building and building. And already you're seeing some teams already they have a lot of off field distraction where that's going to come back to bite them in the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and again, that's something in the Rams favor. Uh, and, it, and it will be as long as they have this leadership in place, it just does not happen. And they got so many quality, quality individuals, guys like Cooper cup that it, it's all about the team. So that's, that's good to see. yeah, and I think you know the other thing you have to remember in the Super Bowl getting to the Super Bowl, there's so much um, you know sometimes it just comes down to one odd play, you know, a dropped interception, a, a, a interception that's not dropped, you know, little things like that, they can just change everything. There's really not much separating these top teams. Uh, it, it comes to, and that's what makes it so exciting though, just one play. One no look pass, one dropped interception, uh, changes everything, changes the outcome of, of the big
2: game. So what's your Super Bowl pick, Tom? I'm sorry, uh, Mark. Oh,
0: same. I, I picked Rams bills last year and and I right now I'd stick with that. Uh, you know, like I've said before, I, 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 I don't I have never picked against the Rams and I, I know that sounds silly, but I just don't have it, it's it's not in my nature. To pick against the rams when they were uh one in 15 or whatever it was i think i picked them every week and and i think in my heart i knew uh i was being reckless but that's how i rolled but yeah rams bills definitely uh i i think um you know i would i would expect it to come down to the rams bucks in the nfc and in the afc man take your pick there's There could be as many as eight or nine teams worthy at this point of representing that conference.
2: Can you imagine a Rams-Chargers Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Staley versus McVay.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing, and I mentioned that another thing in the Rams' favor, you know, they have the nine home games this year plus the one road game at SoFi. So, they're at SoFi 10 times this year, and that's going to help a little bit. Definitely. So, the other thing that we were going to do, and I uh, just to make sure everybody's aware, we're going to have a Dodger segment uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after. I got to sync up with you guys. We're going to get uh, off out of the NFL swim lane for one episode and talk about the Dodgers because all three of us here are Dodgers fans to some magnitude. Um, I've followed them since uh, as early as I can remember in my early childhood, listening to Jerry Doggett and Vince Scully, uh, you know, camping out in the backyard, listening to them on the radio. I still remember that very clearly. And I know Paul, you're a big Jackie Robinson fan and Tom, you're, you're a Dodger fan as well for going back
1: to all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. All the way back to the seventies. So,
0: and uh, I may be able to entice one other hardcore Dodger fan um, as well to join us off to see if that works out. But so that's coming up in a week or two. I'll sync up with you guys offline and we'll figure that out. But that is our discussion on the over and under for every NFL team. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. And um, that's going to do it for this segment. Thanks a lot, Tom and Paul, for your time. Really appreciate it. taking taking some time out on a holiday weekend to talk NFL football.
2: Always a blast. Rams up. Yes. Excellent.
0: Okay. Thanks a lot, you guys. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com You can visit our website at laramsup.com And please don't forget subscribe and give us that 5 star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly
1: by
2: Hama Hama.